0: Riley Jensen is joining us now, and he's brought to you by the Guest Hotline. And that is, the Guest Hotline is the Smart Rain Guest Line. The Smart Rain Guest Line Guest line, Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that twenty twenty two budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their save now, pay later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out best of state award winner Smart Rain at smartrain dot net. All right, I just said it. Our resident quarterback. Played it at the collegiate level, coached it, still coaches it, and also is an ultimate sports psychologist and mental performance coach, Riley Jensen. Riley, how were those donuts? (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey man, that was that was a fantastic intro all the way up until the very end. All the way up until the very end.
0: <laughs> well, I understand there were some daddy daughter donuts this morning.
1: <laughs> yes, there is. There is. There is and, and that has been you know, those are the those are the moments that everybody has coached me that, you know, you've gotta you've gotta go to those and you've gotta enjoy those because over before you know it, right?
0: That's what they say. Yes, yeah, every so generation passes to... that down to the younger generation
1: right and so i'm I'm kind of i'm I'm kind of taking the advice, I'm trying to stay in the moment and enjoy my kids, so yeah,
0: yep. good call by you, far more important than any quarterback coaching that you might ever do. that's for sure. Uh, no question. No so question. I'm labeling this not for Utah State because they play Vegas, so I'm expecting them to win. Blake Anderson's talking about Bonner's at the most health that he's been in a while. So they should be fine as far as beating the Rebels there. The Rebels are 0-5, and they're probably like 0-5,000. We just haven't been paying attention because nobody does the UNLV football. But the other two, BYU and Utah, I am labeling, labeling this Legitimacy Saturday because you look at both programs and they're decent right now Utes have rebounded very nicely uh but still it you don't know really know whereas this Saturday if you win you got a good idea that you're going to have a pretty good season and your quarterback now your new quarterback at that point will be 3 and 0 as a starter uh, he he beat San Diego State in the scoreboard. It's just that he inherited a deficit when he got in there. But nevertheless, he looked really good and sparked the team. And then he hasn't lost in his couple of starts since. And then you got BYU. Yeah, they had those wins against the South in the Pac-12. Well, Arizona sucks. And uh, the Utes had a quarterback who wasn't good enough. And the Devils were off sides or committing all sorts of infractions left and right that they sort of beat themselves in a way and take nothing away from what BYU did. But now you got Baylor. Baylor's five and one. They got a quarterback who's thrown eleven TDs, no picks. They got two running backs that have run for over four hundred yards, one just three yard shot at six hundred. They're five and one, too. You know, if you go six and one and beat Baylor, you're gonna move up in the ranking. If you lose, you probably drop out of the ranking, and then it puts a little taint on the season. So do you buy that this Saturday is legitimacy Saturday?
1: Yeah, so Absolutely. So walking through everything that you just said, I I really hope that Logan Bonner is healthy because I felt like against BYU there were three or four times that, that Tompkins got behind the defense and Bonner under threw the ball. And I really believe it's because of that ankle, that foot injury that he has. He's not able to push off of it the way that he wants to. So we can move on from that. They are going to beat UNLV. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is that starts in that game. They're going to play well. And Utah State is is probably gonna have a much better season than anybody anticipated. As far as BYU goes, you know, I don't I don't know as much about Baylor except for the statistics and some of the things that you just gave me and I think I think there's no question that this is a legitimacy Saturday, regardless of how good or bad Baylor is, because first of all, they're they're one of those teams that has been traditionally in the Big Twelve, so this is important for BYU to go and send a message that they can be legitimate in this conference. And then number two, I think it's really, really important that we see that BYU gets back to BYU football or what we thought was BYU football to start the season because they did the exact equal and opposite of what they had been doing all year against Boise State. They, They didn't win the trenches. They didn't win the offensive and defensive line battle. They turned the ball over like they haven't done all year. And I really felt like Jaron Hall was just a little bit off. I know people have been critical of his game. I'm not so critical of his game. It's just like I just felt like it wasn't quite as just sharp and as good as he'd been during the year. So I'm looking forward to see him have a good week of practice. Hopefully he's still healthy and is able to play in this game. And then I think that you'll see Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa play at a super high level. Um, just because you, you know you know that their stomach is hurting from what happened as far as last week goes. Um, obviously, nobody blames the game on them. There was a whole bunch of different things that goes on, and they've they've been so good this year. It'd be hard to like kind of pin that on them. Anyway, and so you'd like to see BYU get back on track. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really really tall task with with the way Baylor's playing. And I and I think you're right. Like I think if they beat them. This really makes this BYU team a legitimate, legitimate team for this year. And it sends a message to the Big 12, like, hey, you're, you're not getting, you know, a terrible team that's coming in or, or a team that's not up to snuff in the Big 12. And then I'm interested to see um, with the University of Utah, with Cam Rising, uh, the, the question for me on Saturday night, and, I, and I'm not trying to take away from the University of Utah, like turning around, because there's a couple of things that were really, really impressive to me. Number one, the offensive line was much improved. Um, if if I were Cam Rising, I'd be uh, I'd be pulling a Dan Marino and getting all those guys ice toner gloves because of the <laughs> way that they played on Saturday night, right? Because or, or doing something, ordering pizza for them on Thursday night and having a little party because that was markedly different than any other game the University of Utah has played this year now my question or my thought is is do we give too much credit for how good USC is right now just because they're USC I wonder if they really just have one player in the wide receiver London and everything else is down a little bit right Right, so I'm not trying to take away from a good comeback win but I do think that every single year USC is a little bit overrated compared to what they are, depending on the year, right? Yeah. And and so so I, while I think this was an impressive win, it may not be as impressive as Arizona State playing much better. I mean, if if you watch them, you know, play in the last couple of weeks, it's it, Arizona State is a fun team to watch, um, and I know that there are a lot of people. Criticized Herm Edwards when they were coming in and thought, "Oh, this is just a, you know, this is a splash higher. But I, uh, there's some things that are fundamentally going right for Arizona State. So the University of Utah, if they get blocked and if they can play University of Utah football the way that they played last Saturday night, I think they do legitimize this season, and I do think Cam Rising becomes, you know, not not just the quarterback for this year, but but, but for a couple of years to come. And, and you can feel really good about University of Utah football if Cam Rising continues on this. Uh, the cool thing about Cam Rising is I feel like he's gotten better every week. So I, I feel like there's an involvement of his game. And, and you've always talked about swagger. You've always talked about hit factor. In fact, Kyle Whittingham talked about his hit factor this week in the, in the the in the press conference. But what I like is when he's making, you know, there's, there's some innocuous throws that, like, maybe some people don't think about, but the thing that I usually look at with quarterbacks that I think is important, especially in college football, is can this quarterback throw the ball in between the hashes, right? Like, almost every quarterback feels comfortable throwing it outside of the hashes because there's not as much traffic. There's not as much to read. There's not as much at stake about throwing the ball um, outside or down the sideline. But in between the in between the hashes is where it's impressive. And I think early in the first quarter, or maybe it was just at the beginning of the second quarter, he throws a really, really nice pass across the middle to strike. And um, I, I just really, I, I really like the improvement that he's making. Because I think at the first – he was making good throws outside i'm like okay i'm not convinced because you gotta be able to ball over the middle otherwise they just funnel everything outside and eventually they stop you and so i'm seeing growth in between the hashes that i think is important and i'm seeing growth every week and if the offensive line can continue to block and if cam rising can continue to improve i mean we might we might really think that they're legitimate by the time this saturday rolls around Uh, I'm really interested to see. I'm really interested to see what
0: happens this Saturday. Riley Jensen, college football insider and mental performance coach. I just want to talk about that mental aspect. Right now, the Utes, they basically were born again because Brewers out, Risings in, they're undefeated with them, with him, together with them. And even though they may not be as good as they think, how important do you think it is that they think they're as good as they think?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think there's, there's so much power to, to thinking that you're better than you are. You're always going to go further than than you think when you, when, when you think you're better than you are. Now, there has to be some realism to that, and there is some realism to that for the team. And I'm interested, uh, both both psychologically and just as a fan of football, as to the way that they reacted to this Aaron Lowe situation was, was really impactful to me. I thought that was their best game, and I don't think it was even close. And and you wonder about when when teams are closer and when teams open up communication and they're able to be vulnerable with each other, there's huge growth that takes place, not only just on the personal level, but as a team level and as an ability to play together. And when when you have an experience like this, it can kind of it can kind of push you in two different ways. And, it, it, uh, you know, all indications to me are this This has pushed them closer. And they played, they played much better. Now, you know, going back to your confidence question and going back, I mean, I do feel like confidence in some ways is a little bit overrated in the sense that we've, we've all been there where we haven't felt confident about something and we've performed really, really well. And then there's been other times where we've been super confident and we get wiped off the court or we get <laughs> And so sometimes confidence is just it's it's one of those feelings that feels really good when you win and you're confident but it's not a necessity to playing well. So I I do think confidence is important and that it feels good but sometimes it's a little bit overrated. These guys just need to be able to look in the mirror, they need to know what their job is and they need to focus on each individual play as if it has a life. In a story of its own, and 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 the more times you can be sex- successful on each play, all of a sudden you, you you start you start stacking small wins, and those lead to to really really good outcomes.
0: As far as BYU, in, no fumbles lost, and then they lose three. From the psychological standpoint, how do you address that? You don't want to make a big deal about it, but you don't also want to ignore it.
1: Yeah, so I think there's a real power in the way that you talk about it, right? So, I, I when it comes to a baseball player, you don't you don't want him thinking when he goes up to the plate, don't strike out, don't strike out, don't strike out. And and typically, when I work with quarterbacks, instead of saying like, don't ever throw an interception in the red zone, don't ever throw an interception in the red zone, I talk to them in terms of, hey. Just make sure you throw the ball on time when you're in the red zone, or let's make sure we take care of the football in the red zone. The way that you talk about it draws a different picture in their head. And so, yeah, I mean, these guys are all, these guys are older guys. They're, they're mature, you know, with Algier and with Katoa, these are mature guys. You don't need to go into them and say, "Hey guys, like, we, we, we really need to stress ball security." this week you know you don't need to do that they already know that but you can make comments like hey high and tight with the football this week high and tight with the football right or you can you can make sure that you know they're just aware of you know when there are situations where somebody can be coming in from behind or in a different situation that they're really covering up the football and not thinking about it in a negative way but hey you know we take care of the football we take pride in that as a team we're, we're leading the turnover battle and just really stress the turnover battle and those sorts of things instead of painting a dreary picture like, oh, my gosh, now we're a fumbling team, you know. We can't fumble, guys. We can't fumble because when we draw pictures, the picture that we draw right after the word that we say, when we say the word can't, the next picture is what we draw. So when we say can't fumble, we're drawing a picture of fumbling. When we say don't strike out, we're drawing a picture of a strikeout. And when we say, don't throw interceptions, we're drawing a picture of interceptions in our head. And and maybe we're trying to draw that little red line that goes through it, but it, the, the picture of what we're talking about is more powerful than, than the don't or the can't that goes in front of it.
0: Riley Jensen, college football insider and mental performance coach, you hit on that, and you sell it to where it's so believable. So from your experience how many athletes that you're dealing with and teams and all and programs and all that stuff, where that's actually a problem to where you, metaphorically, you are drawing a picture of yourself or whoever might be fumbling?
1: Oh, I I think it happens all the time. I I think that, look, there's two things that kind of make cowards of us, right? Like desperation and fatigue, right? And so when we... If, if we ever feel desperate or if we ever feel tired, we fall to our default setting, right? And there are teams and there are cultures and there are businesses out there and there are teams out there that, that draw pictures that are without trying to, they're trying to avoid a problem, you know, they, they, they kind of draw a doomsday picture without knowing it, right? And so, when, look, when you're working with a kid, that is thinking to himself. Don't strike out. Don't strike out. I mean, a real simple thing is to start thinking solid contact, solid contact, solid contact. Right? That draws a different picture and it solves the same problem. And so, when you're when you're a business, when you're when you're a, when you're a coach, when you're doing those kind of things, if you can focus on fixing the problem and framing it in a positive light or in a in a more um, uh, what I would call a productive description. it It really helps the mindset of a team, and it really helps just the overall like thought processes of of kids and of teams and all that sort of thing. And I mean, it it's study and study and research after research that shows that if if a coach can be good at those things, um, it it has a huge impact on on the way his team thinks. And that's why you see, and and, and, you, and I'm sure that you've said this before, I've said this before, but that's why you see teams that take on the personality of their coaches. They, they, they take on their personality because usually a coach is really good at drawing pictures for their team. And if they're drawing great pictures and positive pictures and, and pictures that are meaningful, and they're not only doing it in the in the media, but doing it in their everyday practices and their everyday interactions, typically those teams take on that they take
0: on that personality so glaze jelly or chocolate
1: oh i gotta go with, i gotta go with chocolate man i mean come on man <laughs> chocolate donuts man come on. come on what what are you what's your favorite
0: yeah i'm a chocolate guy but some, yeah. somebody liking honey glaze jelly donuts i mean yeah. there's there's yeah, like, i mean uh, look
1: I think a maple bar every once in a while is good. The key for me is you got to stick to one, right? You can't, you can't you can't keep going back to the well when it's donut day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well we appreciate you coming on and you enjoy daddy donut uh, daddy daughter donut day that's a lot of d's there which reminds me of my report card <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever you're an elite performer we all know this you are yeah, elite, yeah you know?
0: i wish so all right thanks riley appreciate it
1: all right man Thanks for having
0: me on. Okay, that is our college football insider and mental performance coach. The mental performance coach stuff really does fascinate me. I, I wish I would have. Uh, a lot of ways. I wish I could go back and do some things over for sure. Maybe it would have turned out better. So we'll see. Legitimacy Saturday. Are you buying that? All right. We've got a jazz star coming up next. All right. It's eight thirty. Right. Is that I got that right? Yeah. You uh, got it. Jake Scott. Who does the pre half and post for us all 82 all preseason all playoff games he don't need no time off he's there he's Mr. Consistent he'll join us next right here on 97.5 1280 The Zone
2: Now let's get this party started This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network Angela Lansbury Bedknobs and Broomsticks.
0: It wasn't raining yet But it was definitely a little misty on that warm November night. And my heart was pounding, my inner voice resounding, begging me to turn away. And then you casually walked in the room. I was twisted in the web of my desire for you. What the hell <laughs> is that?
2: <laughs> that is being blindsided. You guys all make fun of me like I'm the only person that had a crush on Angela Lansbury. You are the only person that, that had is, a crush on me. That Angel is not
0: true. No, it is pretty much true.
2: Hanson scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network
0: tell you about Football Fridays presented by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, and agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and also safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Jake Scott, he's joining us. Smart Rain Guest Line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. So take advantage of their Save Now Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water. While saving money, check out Best of State award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.com. And we got a smart guy joining us now. He's Jake Scott, host of the big show. You do football Fridays, don't you, Jakester?
3: Uh, yeah the highlight of my week mac and Alabama come by it's uh it's great by the way i I appreciate the the smart the compliment on the intro usually when you and I get together, it's insults right out of the right out of the gate so I'm feeling good i, I I'm not feeling as defensive today. <laughs>
0: Okay. But I'm also a
3: little worried, you know. I'm a little concerned. How you doing,
0: PK? You doing okay? Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't be better. I'm on top of the world, and I can't get any higher. <laughs>
3: awesome, dude. Well, it's it's good to be with you. I'm excited to be on my favorite show, DJ
0: and PK. <laughs> so you got Football Fridays, and Coach Mac. He is like we gotta call him Coach Encyclopedia. Because he just knows a lot, and he knows a lot of people, and he knows things, and he knows talent. He's been able to judge talent uh, as far as what he sees when he's at the games or watches the games. He just He's just a wealth of information. Uh, what has he said so far this year about BYU that would give you confidence going into the—which I think is a huge game. Might be their most difficult game they play all season— uh, Baylor, but, recognizing they lost to Boise.
3: Well, just just uh, real quick on the Coach Mac knows things. He said Jaron Hall was going to play on the show on Friday, and yeah. Alema stopped him. Alema stopped him and goes, uh, do you think that coach, or do you know that? He goes, I know it. I talked to him. You're Not him, Jaron, <laughs> but I, I, I talked to somebody. He's going to play. And then yep. Saturday morning, of course, I see uh, our guy Jay Catch tweeting out, Jaron Hall is going to be the guy. And it's like, yeah, well, Coach Mack told you that yesterday. No, you know, our boy Jay Cash is plugged in, too. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, man, Mack, he knows it all. And, and uh, he loves Tyler Algier. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he talked about Tyler Algier for half the show last Friday and just what a special player he is and, um, uh, it, and how important he is to that BYU team. But, you know, PK, I, I think it's kind of uh, the, he's talked about the, the toughness. And, you know, Coach Mack, he's an old old line guy. And it's about uh, about winning that line of scrimmage. And I, I heard you talking to Riley in the last segment. Um, you know that that BYU game PK was so weird because it it was opposite of the BYU team that we've seen. So all the all the positive things that Coach Mack has talked about BYU all year long, they kind of weren't there against Boise. It was weird. I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's Boise's game plan or BYU just didn't have it on Saturday, but I thought Riley was right on. It was like it was completely opposite of all the stuff Coach Max has been talking about BYU this year. So against Baylor, I would guess you to got to go back to who you are, right? Your identity, win that line of scrimmage, run the ball, don't turn it over, all that stuff that's worked so well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it describes what Utah and ASU. Are involved in this Saturday. Now, who's currently in first place in the Pac-12 South?
3: Well, I'm guessing ASU because they haven't had a buy, right?
0: Correct. Now, who between the two of us roundly and harshly criticized the hiring of Herm Edwards?
3: Oh, that was me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was all me. I told you. I told you on the air. I, Herm is Dixdes. Farley Farley exceeded my expectations. Is that a word, Farley? Uh, and, and I thought, hey, I'll take you. I'll take you one step further. I thought Kevin Sublin was a good hire. So he was.
0: He was know? great. He was great. I love that hire.
3: Why do I know that couldn't have been? That couldn't have been worse. I couldn't. Have, I mean, he sunk the program into depths that they're not going to pull out for years. I mean. I know. yeah so so i was I was wrong that summer.
0: that's why it's a great hire.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, i uh, we'll see if Arizona got it right this time, but you know, herb went in there and cheated. That's what you got to do to win, right? Go yes, defend the rules and, <laughs> and make it
0: work for you. Well, he probably cheated on to get some of those other guys, but the cheating that they have now, they didn't get any of the guys. That's what's ironic. The, the guys right. that were involved went other places. But uh, go for trying, and it, it really it, it boils down to talent. I mean, I don't care what kind of coach you are; you've got to have the talent. And he managed yep. to increase the talent. Don't I Don't I don't want to know how you got there. Yeah, all I know is the talent's better than what they've had, and probably is in nefarious ways that they've accumulated the talent, so we'll see what happens with the NCAA thing. But this game, really, it's just basically an old coach, a really old coach versus an old coach. And what I mean by that is not necessarily age. I'm talking about philosophy of football, because yeah. when you look at this game, it's one guy who wants to play defense strong and run the ball And he played in the NFL, and he was a defensive-minded coach. And then you've got another guy who he didn't play in the NFL, but he's still a defensive-minded coach, and he wants to run the ball and play good defense. So they're basically mirrors of each other, and yet here they are, the only two teams that don't have a loss. And so whoever wins this game is in the driver's seat, but I don't know that it means that you're going to win. But nevertheless, it's a huge game. But it's funny that two old-style football coaches, in terms of philosophy, old-school philosophy, here they are, battling it out for first place in the middle of October?
3: I, I've been saying this for a while, P.K. The football is a very simple game. You know, there's, there's things that have worked throughout, you know, all the, the time the sport has existed. And you and I you and I have gone to many Pac-12 media day together, and it's, it's one of our favorite days, and, and it really is cool to talk to all those folks. But Herm Edwards and Kyle Whittingham, from a personality standpoint, are very different, right? You know, Herm's got that... Charisma, and he was a TV guy, and he's a great communicator. And uh, Coach Witt, also a great communicator, but in a different style, right? A a little bit more understated, uh, a little bit more kind of middle America, say than than Herm. But if you listen to both of their like their messages at Pac-12 Media Day, to your point, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. They're old school dudes who want to play hard-nosed defense, stop the run. And, and run the football, because football is a simple game. And if you do those things, or if you don't do those things first, your odds, odds of winning go down. And I know everybody falls in love with the cute spread and, and Mike Leach, and he's a pirate and all this stuff. But, listen, it's the reason Utah has had so much success in the Pac-12, more success, I think, than uh, should have been expected of them. I know everybody's grumpy. They haven't won it all yet. But, I mean... Evans, heavens like it, it Arizona's never wanted nope. I mean to go to the to, to go to the Wildcats the Utes have had a ton of success because of two things they've run the ball and they've stopped the run and it, they can recruit that too PK which people always ignore which bugs me Utah, I know this year is a little different because of some tragic circumstances with Ty Jordan, and I think the running backs really had a good game against USC. But Utah recruits a baller running back every year, every single year, and they can get great defensive linemen and they can stop the run, and it's the perfect philosophy for the youth football program. And Herm has absolutely uh, brought it to Arizona State and made them better. So, you know, Utah is a simple game. Or uh, excuse me, football. football is a simple game. Football is a simple game, and if you can do those things, you're going to be good.
0: Jay Scott, who is uh, does the big show, and he also is the host of the Jazz pre half and post right here on the Zone Sports Network, closing up their final reg- or, not regular season, but final preseason game. Uh, what are you looking for?
3: Well, PK, and I, I've been sitting on this joke all morning. Knowing I'm coming on the show, I got a little David James joke for you. Okay. Are you ready?
0: I'm lying uh, down.
3: Who put the D in Onovan? <laughs> 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 oh, man. I, so, so here's the thing. And I haven't heard a ton of people talking about this. I talked about it on, on my show yesterday. Uh, but the, the post-game comments from Donovan and Rudy after uh, the Pelicans game were really interesting because Donovan's really introspective and he'll talk about how he needs to improve and, and it's, it, he's really great that way and he talked about his defense and I know he's talked about his defense a lot but he talked about you know how he can get better and, and was just superly positive about his defense and then uh, you know you heard the jazz recap and all the sound you know Rudy came on the, he was the next player out and he talked about Donovan's defense and we all know how Rudy considers himself the captain of the defense and should, right? He's yeah. kinda like the he's kinda like the safety in, in Utah's defense where he's back there, he's the one directing all the traffic and he's really good at it. And so he's watching Donovan play defense during Donovan's entire career. And you know that Rudy's saying to himself, like, Oh, this guy, he's so athletic, you know, he could be such a good defensive player. And it it reminded me, and not to have all these football comparisons, but it reminded me of Witt talking about the offensive line at his press conference yesterday. Rudy said, Donovan is capable of being a defensive player, and we saw it tonight. We saw how good he was. We saw what he was capable of. Donovan had four block shots and three steals. He had a block and a steal and started a fast break on the same play. He was really good defensively. And Rudy called it out. Rudy was like, he was good. This is how good he can be. We see it. We saw it. And, and I thought that was a really interesting dynamic between those two because as they share the leadership role on this team, you know, Rudy's the D guy. He's the defensive guy. And I liked it that he was able to compliment the other star on the team about something that has been his shortcoming in the past. I, I think that stuff is really healthy and Tim and I talked about it the other day. Donovan Rudy, there may have been bumps in the road along the way, and we all know the stories and all, and all that stuff. But they both have the same goal. They both want to win a title. They're both being honest about that, that they want to be on the best team possible. And they're both hard workers. And that overcomes a lot, in my opinion, to, you know, the, the, the day-to-day stuff. You know, you know that guy has the same goal you do, and is going to do everything he can to get there. I think that goes a long way, and I thought that really stood out uh, from the post game. So for tonight, I want to see if that continues, and and we'll see what the rotations end up being. But I'm going to have my eye on Donovan's defense, and I, I thought that was key. That Rudy was pointed out like that. That's how good he could be. He was really good.
0: All right, so can Donnie Basketball—that's my new nickname for him. Donnie okay. Basketball. Can All Donnie right. Basketball's defense be as good as his offense?
3: No, no. I mean, he's six-one, and he's one of the—I don't know. What do you want to call him? Offensive players in the NBA right now? Top ten? Top fifteen?
0: I mean, I don't know. He's if a superstar. I put him-
3: yeah, I don't know if I'd put him top five offensively quite yet. There's a lot of great offensive players in the league, but he's right yeah. there. I mean, and I just I don't know if he could ever be a top ten defensive player in the league. He's just not necessarily built that way. Uh, what, what I want is I want to see if Donovan can take uh, a solid, effective rotation on the other team's best player at some point. Doesn't have to guard the other team's best player all game, but can you do ten minutes on the other team's best player and really give him trouble, you know? Can you can you go toe to toe with Damian Lillard for a, a good stretch of the game and uh, and make his life miserable? Can you can? That's what I'm looking for from Donovan. So I don't think he'll ever be as good defensively as he is offensively, but I think he could be a really good two way player. And I think that goes. I think that's how he goes from All Star to All NBA.
0: Yeah, and then maybe in the process free up some energy for Royce O'Neill to be a little right. more off, uh, effective offensively.
3: Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And Royce, man, they ask a lot of that guy. And he's not the perfect player, but nobody spends more time on the other team's best player than Royce, on, Royce O'Neill in the league. I mean, Locke will, Locke will give you the yeah, stats yeah, yeah. when he comes on. I mean, that's, right. that's, a that's fact. what he does. Sure. Yeah. If, if Donovan could, could take some of that pressure off Royce, I think that'd be a big deal.
0: Right. All right, I asked this of uh, Riley because he's having Daddy-Daughter Donut Day at school. Glazed, jelly, or chocolate?
3: Oh, man, I'm so boring when it comes to this stuff, PK. I, I'm a glazed guy.
0: Glazed?
3: I, glazed, man. The, the chocolate cake is too much for me. It's, it's like a Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it's just too much. And I'm just a simple guy. You know what my favorite ice cream is? Vanilla. How lame is that? But i got to go glazed. Gotta go, glaze.
0: All right, we got one chocolate, one glaze. Jake Scott, you'll you know hear. What
3: DJ's favorite donut is
0: the box. <laughs> All, All, of say. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's way
3: better. <laughs> hey man, I love David James. He came on my show yesterday, and he was great, dude. Talk about talk about one of the all-time teammates slash coworkers that David James is a man.
0: Who's coming on today? Anybody of renown?
3: Another great co-worker uh, slash teammate. You're coming on with me today, and I, I look forward to it. We'll talk about a lot of the same stuff. I think it's been a good conversation.
0: All right. Thanks for joining us, Jake. We'll listen to you today, uh, what, at 2 o'clock, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, buddy.
0: All right. There you go. That's Jake Scott. You hear him today at 2 o'clock and also tonight. As the Jazz season, they shut down the preseason tonight. They got a week off and then a week off before games start. They won't have a week off, but they won't have any games after tonight until it starts for real one week from tonight. The Jazz and the Bucks tonight, the final tune-up, so you know that the guys are going to play because then they don't have another game for a week, and we're getting down to it. Exciting times, especially given... The Jazz expectation. All right. Well, of course, coming up next, we'll hit the most important thing that we can hit all day glazed jelly or chocolate. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 of the zone.
2: It's game week for the Aggies, and the zone sports network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a bye week, the Aggies look to keep their Mountain West Conference Championship hopes alive as they head south to Las Vegas for a battle against the Rebels of UNLV. Hear all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at 4. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Today is Wednesday. You know what that means? It is win tickets Wednesday. The 2021 Snow West Snowmobile Show is October 15th and 16th. Yep, that's this weekend. And it will be presented at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy. We've all been down there for sure. Win a family four-pack for Friday or Saturday by being caller number 12 at 855-340-ZONE. That's 855-340-9663. Come see the latest in sleds, trailers, and gear at Utah's largest snowmobile show. It is that time of year. And... Go check them out, and you don't have to pay the admission free. Just be caller 12 right now, and you can get those tickets. 855-340-ZONE, which is 9663. All right, who says we don't hit the tough questions of the day? Come on. Of course we do. We hit them, and we hit them hard, which is why I ask, glaze, jelly or chocolate? What more do you need to know? Those are the hardest decisions. Okay, so I have a question here for you on that. Shoot.
2: Uh, There are custard or, um, I guess, cream-filled ones. Are those swan under the jelly category in this situation? Or is that a separate category we need to add?
0: Uh, I guess I was putting them both in jelly or chocolate, but I don't know that they could be jelly because jelly's got to be jelly. So it's like a filled donut? Is that what we're going with, I guess? A filling yeah, so but what's on top? It's what's on top that counts. Good point. So what's in the middle? Because if it's chocolate on top, then it could be anything in the middle. I'll give you your Bavarian cream. And there's nothing, I mean nothing, my good friends, like an egg I often tell my wife in the middle of just random times, there's nothing that I wouldn't give right now for an egg And she looks at me and says, you are one weird you-know-what.
2: That's okay, though. We love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only glaze that I could have is if they're mini donuts. You got that? So if they're the small, little round ones, I can handle my glazed. Other than that, I've got to go chocolate. Jelly? <sighs> oh. Don't you risk just making a mess of yourself with a jelly donut? We bring this up because Riley Jensen, who joins us every Wednesday as a college football insider and then really adds a lot to the show on the mental performance. Now, he's a jock, but he went and got all his certification and now has multiple jobs in which he helps companies and athletic teams and individuals with the mental aspect of the game. And I don't think that you can underestimate that. I think I did growing up as a little bit of a high school athlete. Not much. I don't want to overstate it by any stretch. But, you know, I've spoken how I played baseball in high school. Played it all four years. And if I ever swung and missed, it's like, uh uh-oh. I'm a goner. If I swung and missed, even a strike one, I swung and missed. Can you believe that? So to me, I equated it to like swinging and missing in slow-pitch softball. It was the ultimate embarrassment. And you watch games today, and you see these guys, particularly now at the big leagues and probably even in all the minor leagues and maybe even below that too, high school and college, these guys take a big old hack, and if they miss, they think, i got two more. i got two more to go. And I would think, oh, my gosh, if I swung and missed, how in the world am I going to make contact now? So a one more thought process was, to say the least, not very positive. <laughs> and consequently, I sucked as a hitter. <laughs> and you wonder, you know, what makes guys clutch? What makes guys be able to make shots? What makes guys to be able to make free throws? What makes guys be able to miss free throws? Why does that happen? And we know who they are. We know who the players are who make the free throws and we know who we want on the line and we know who we don't want on the line and how much of that if we know we're not doing it, it's mental on our behalf because we either we believe in somebody or we don't believe in somebody and we'll boil it down to basketball who do you believe in on the jazz well we will hit some jazz right now coming up when we come back we got er- eric walden of the Solit tribune who covers the jazz and does a fine job and it is jazz season now it is upon us so stay with us 97 5 1280, the zone